Are you ready for the end of the world? This is your community spirit. Show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you on your community radio. WDBX 91.1 FM, community radio for Southern Illinois. My name is Tree Song. I will prob- probably be our only host for today or is off installing solar energy. Imagine that. <laughs> He's still off in sunny lands installing solar energy, but we'll be holding on the fort here in the meantime. Let's get started with a little bit of music, and then we will get on to the news.
listening to Your Community Spirits here on Your Community Radio, 91.1 FM, Community Radio for Southern Illinois. My name is Treesong. I'll be your host today. Let's see what we've got in today's news for Your Community Spirit. This one, I couldn't resist, when I saw this headline, I couldn't resist at least covering this story a little bit. The Inevitable Demise of the Fossil Fuel Empire. Rocketing production costs, proliferating write-downs, stranded assets, paved the way for a renewable renaissance. The latest data from the International Energy Agency and other sources proves that the oil and gas majors are in deep trouble. Over the last decade, rising oil prices have been driven primarily by rising production costs. After the release of the IEA's World Energy Outlook last November, Deutsche Bank's former head of energy research, Mark Lewis, noted that the massive levels of investment have corresponded to an ever-declining rate of oil supply increase. So in other words, you know, they're spending more money trying to get oil, but they're not getting all that much more oil. Since 2000, the oil industry's investments have risen by 180%, a threefold increase. But this has translated into a global oil supply increase of just 14%. The primary driver of the cost explosion is the shift from expensive is the shift to expensive and difficult to extract unconventional fuels due to the peak and plateau of conventional oil production back in 2005. So, yeah, it's things, they're trying all these new methods where they have to use more energy, it's in more remote places sometimes, and they're getting less return for their investment. According to oil company director Bill Powers of Arsenal Energy Incorporated, based in Calgary, Canada, the demise of the fossil fuel industry is already in motion and will pave the way for the inexorable rise of renewable energy. In a presentation at the IEA in April, Powers told agency staffers that, quote, renewables, especially rooftop solar, will take a leading role in a distributed power revolution now underway. The utility industry is vigorously fighting distributed power's advancement. Now, that quote is remarkable to me because it's from an oil company director. <laughs> I mean, I've heard... Renewable energy people saying that sort of thing for years now, that's, you know, oil is on the decline, but uh, you got oil company directors saying about as much. There's bit in here about the U.S. shale bonanza as well, which is very, uh, very critical issue for us here in southern Illinois since they're trying to do fracking here. U.S. shale bonanza was largely enabled by bubble economics, low interest rates and easy financings but is starting to unravel as financial wishful thinking hits the walls of production reality and is already, quote, a commercial failure, Powers told the IEA. Almost every player has experienced huge debts on balance sheets and enormous write-downs of shale gas reserves. Since the beginning of the shale boom, total asset write-downs by the largest shale players are approaching $35 billion, reports the Oil and Gas Journal. Now again, you know, not, not that sort of environmentalist source. It's the oil and gas journal saying that they're writing down their estimates. Which, you know, means basically they go into a region and say, all right, this is feasible because we think we can make a billion dollars doing this. But then it turns out they can't. They can't because there's not as much as they thought or it's not as easy to get as they thought. So fossil fuel industry may be starting its final decline. I guess we will tell in the coming years. Uh, either way, we know that renewables are on the rise.
All right, let's get to some other news. Pentagon preparing for mass civil breakdown. A U.S. Department of Defense research program is funding universities to model the dynamics, risks, and tipping points for large-scale civil unrest across the world under the supervision of various U.S. military agencies. The multi-million dollar program is designed to develop immediate and long-term, quote, warfighter-relevant insights for senior officials and decision-makers in the defense policy community and to inform policy implemented by, quote, combatant commands. Launched in 2008, the year of the global banking crisis, when they were concerned that the banking crisis would lead a lot of people to go a little crazy, the DOD Minerva Research Initiative partners with universities to improve DOD's basic understanding of the social, cultural, behavioral, and political forces that shape regions of the world of strategic importance to the U.S. Among the projects awarded for the period from 2014 to 2017 is a Cornell University-led study managed by the U.S. Air Force Office of Scientific Research. This study aims to develop an empirical model of, quote, the dynamics of social movement, mobilization, and contagions. They kind of make more, it makes social movements kind of sound like a contagious disease, you know. How are these social movements going to catch on, and how do we stop it? The project will determine, quote, the critical mass tipping point of social contagions by studying their digital traces in the cases of, quote, the 2011 Egyptian Revolution, 2011 Russian Duma elections, the 2012 Nigerian fuel subsidy crisis, and the 2013 Ghazi Park protests in Turkey. Twitter posts and conversations will be examined, quote, to identify individuals mobilized in a social contagion and when they become mobilized. So basically, to put all that in more common English, is what they're doing is they're studying online communication, mostly, and trying to see how they can predict when future uprisings will happen. Now, I, I can understand why they're doing that. I can also see some concerns about that. I mean, really, honestly, one of the big concerns for me is they obviously think it's a major problem. They realize that there are going to continue being more uprisings, and they're trying to figure out how to respond to it. So they're forecasting rocky weather, so we need to be on the lookout for it, too. In other news, we have another first for the divestment movement. Union Theological Seminary in New York City unanimously votes to divest from fossil fuels. Trustees of the Union Theological Seminary in New York City voted on Tuesday to divest from fossil fuels, making Union the world's first seminary to take such action in the fight against climate change, according to a release sent by the Huffington Post. Board of Trustees agreed to unanimous vote 
to begin divesting fossil fuels from the school's $108.4 million endowment. That's a lot of money. As part of a larger green initiative, the school will also work with students and environmental organizations to develop a sustainability policy for the campus, and they will host a conference entitled Religions for the Earth, leading up to the United Nations Climate Summit in September. That's pretty exciting. We've got here in Carbondale, we've had some good dialogue about the role of, of faith in environmental responses. We, there's a group over at Guy House that meets on the third Thursday of each month talking about faith and environment. And they've obviously got that on their mind over at Union in New York City. Here's a quote they have about why they're doing it. Quote, Scripture tells us that all of the world is God's precious creation, and our place within it is to care for and respect the health of the whole. Union President Serene Jones said in the release, quote, As a seminary dedicated to social justice, we have a critical call to live out our values in the world. Climate change poses a catastrophic threat, and as stewards of God's creation, we simply must act. Union joins a growing movement of religious organizations taking action to promote this sustainability. In July of 2013, the General Synod of the United Church of Christ voted to begin a path to divestment from fossil fuels companies, becoming the first major religious body in the U.S. to make such a decision. Pope Francis, too, has implored all of those in leadership positions to be, quote, protectors of creation, a charge many religious groups and institutions have taken to heart. Now, I'm glad to see, uh, you know, it's not always a good thing when <laughs> religious leaders inject their views into public debates, because they, they may try to shape it in negative ways, but this is a very positive way to try to shape public debate on the topic, because environmental issues related to climate change in particular are often seen as this sort of economic issue, like, well, let's see, is it worth the economic costs in order to enact this policy? Well, spiritual leaders, faith leaders can point out that there's also an ethical or moral question being asked here. Is it ethical or moral for us to let all of these people die of the consequences of climate change and other forms of health impacts caused by fossil fuel emissions, or is it time for us to do something about it? Obviously, Union Theological Seminary and UCC and a lot of other people have a lot to say on that topic, and we're always glad to hear it. In other news, Tom Steyer's latest project will help climate change's victims. We talked recently about Tom Steyer, 
He has been doing a lot of funding in order to lead up to the next election cycle. He's working on getting candidates who care about climate change into office. Now he also has this other project going on that is intended to help climate change's victims. The Climate Disaster Relief Fund won't extinguish wildfires ravaging America's tinder dry west, but it may help some of the victims of the fires who build their charred lives. And as the fund grows in the coming years, it should help other victims of global warming. The new fund was launched last week with a $2 million donation from billionaire climate activist Tom Steyer and his wife Kat Taylor. It will provide grants to organizations in the U.S. that help people affected by droughts, floods, other severe weather events linked to climate change. It's totally separate from Steyer's next-gen climate action super PAC, which is channeling tens of millions to support climate-friendly candidates in this year's elections. Quote, Those affected by the 2013 wildfire season have already felt the devastating impacts of climate change, Steyer said in a statement. And while the Climate Disaster Relief Fund will help with their recovery efforts, we must act now to prevent future climate-related disasters. I really find that interesting because he's taking it on from two angles, the electoral angle and the sort of direct aid, direct response angle. People often get caught up in debates over who should we vote for, should we vote at all, and they, they get into fights and they don't really talk to each other because of that. But really, I feel like regardless of your opinions on who you vote for or how you vote, there's still a lot you can do together to try to help people who are affected by climate change and to try to head off some of the consequences at the past by doing what we can now to decrease our fossil fuel-related emissions. some really interesting and exciting news. Tesla abandons its, pa- its patents, aims to spur electric car revolution. Tesla, maker of the most critically acclaimed car ever, is going to go open source. Every patent that the Silicon Valley electric car pioneer has ever secured will now be available for any company in the world to use, free of charge. Now think about that for a minute. So many companies... They jealously guard their patents. That's why they have the patent, is so that all these other companies can't use it. But now, because of their interest in promoting electric vehicles, Tesla is opening up these patents. Quote, Tesla will not initiate patent lawsuits against anyone who, in good faith, wants to use our technology. Tesla CEO Elon Musk wrote in a blog post published on Thursday. Quote, Our true competition is not the small trickle of non-Tesla electric cars being produced but rather the enormous flood of gasoline cars pouring out of the world's factories every day. Given that annual new vehicle production is approaching 100 million per year, and the global fleet is approximately 2 billion cars, it's impossible for Tesla to build electric cars fast enough to address the carbon crisis. 
Do you believe that Tesla, other companies making electric cars, and the world would all benefit from a common, rapidly evolving technology platform? He wrote in the press Following a conference with Musk, the Wall Street Journal reported that hundreds of patents covering everything from batteries to electric control systems would be affected, helping to spur growth in an industry in which Tesla is a global leader. Quote, Technology leadership is not defined by patents, which history has repeatedly shown to be small protection indeed against a determined competitor, but rather by the ability of a company to attract and motivate the world's most talented engineers, Musk wrote in his post. Quote, we believe that applying the open source philosophy to our patents will strengthen rather than diminish Tesla's position in this regard. Now that's pretty exciting news. And uh, as he was referring to, part of why they may be doing that is, you know, if, if any, any of these other automakers do decide they want to create more electric vehicles, they've got easy access now to the plans to do it, and the systems they create may be compatible with Tesla's, so that that way it helps out Tesla too, you know, for example, if one of the bigger automakers creates a system of charging stations and it's used, it's using Tesla's technology, then Tesla's cars will also be able to use that. So really, it's a big, bold step by Tesla Motors. I'm really curious to see how it goes. I want to see, if, you know, maybe automakers will just suddenly take it up now and say, oh, we've got a free patent we can use. We may as well make some electrics. We just didn't want to waste the time and money to design our own ingenuity. got one last story here, and then we'll get to some happenings. It's kind of hoping to have Ori read this one, but he couldn't make it in today. So I'll go ahead and go for it. New Cli-Fi blog tells tale of American climate refugee in 2030. Goodbye Miami is a climate fiction blog set in the year 2030. It follows the story of Cass, an American climate refugee who leaves Miami in the wake of a hurricane that leaves most of the city underwater. This blog tells the story of her departure from Miami, her struggle to adjust to her new home, and the actions she and others take in response to global warming. Now, Goodbye Miami is written by yours truly, Tree Song. This is a new writing project I have. It's a blog. It's at goodbyemiami.com. And probably about every other day, I plan on adding a new entry, new entry in the story of the life of Cass as she escapes from Miami and tries to find a new life elsewhere and still tries to do what you can to respond to the climate crisis. So, hope you check it out. Let me know if you do. Let me know. You can also try. A limited number of people will be able to comment as if they are characters living in 2030. So you can feel free to log on there, post a comment. It's moderated, so I will look at it, and if it looks like it is actually someone posting from 2030, there's a good chance I'll approve it. So, there it is. It's Goodbye Miami. I'm excited about that project, and I hope you'll enjoy it, too.
Let's get on to some of these holidays and happenings. Today is Friday the 13th. I know people consider it an unlucky day, but I consider it a lucky day. There are 13 moons in a year, so 13 must be a lucky number, right? One of the holidays today is Blame Someone Else Day. It's on the first Friday the 13th of the year. It's your time to blame someone else. <laughs> Usually people blame things on Friday the 13th itself. They say, oh, something bad happened. It must be because it happens to be this one day of the week. <laughs> All right, we have coming up on Saturday, Flag Day. We also have World Jugglers Day. It's the Saturday closest to June 17th is World Jugglers Day. We also have Father's Day coming up and Smile Power Day. Monday is Fresh Veggies Day, so if you've been forgetting to eat your fresh veggies, it's time to eat them on Monday. You can have some wonderful farmer's markets over the weekend where you can get all those fresh veggies. Well, and this is funny because Tuesday is also Eat Your Vegetables Day. So maybe maybe on Monday you eat them fresh and Tuesday you eat the leftovers. <laughs> All right, let's get into some of these happenings. Coming up this weekend, we have the Carbondale Community Friday Night Fair that is coming up tonight from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. over at the Town Square Pavilion. Friday Night Fair is a free community event featuring locally grown produce, a food court, handmade products of all sorts, and live music. It takes place every Friday night in May and June on the Town Square Pavilion. That's on the corner of Illinois and Maine, here in Carbondale. This week's music is Flowers of Evil. Coming up this weekend, we have the Carbondale Community Farmer's Market. That is happening on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. over at Carbondale Community High School. Now, they had a meeting recently trying to determine if they're going to build a new building for farmer's markets. That's still a ways off if they do achieve that, so in the meantime... We've got our farmer's markets going strong on Saturdays. Carbondale Community Farmer's Market is outdoors for the spring. They have all sorts of fresh food and other goodies over there, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Saturday. We've got time for a couple more happenings. This one is called Queen of the Sun. What are the bees telling us? This is happening on Saturday at 7.30 p.m. over at Alta Vineyards. Come out and kick off National Pollinator Week with us at the screening of Queen of the Sun. What are the bees telling us? This is the second film in their Reeling for Change film series. 
Queen of the Sun will be shown outdoors at the new Alto Vineyards Tasting Room in Alto Pass. Live music begins at 7.30 p.m. There will be a beekeeping demonstration by Scott Martin of the SI All Abuzz. Film begins at dusk. They are having an outdoor film, so beginning at dusk is a good idea. So there's going to be $7.50 per person donation. <clears throat> there will also be wonderful door prizes. Alto Vineyards Tasting Room will be open exclusively to the moviegoers until 9.30 p.m. The Reeling for Change series is designed to offer education through entertainment by highlighting food system issues and promising solutions. Queen in the Sun looks at the global bee crisis and chronicles the passionate struggles of those who seek to recreate balance between na nature and the farming on which humans depend. The film takes views beyond the rhetoric of good and bad agriculture to focus on solutions for a future of farming that takes the long view in a changing global food system. Now, we have talked about the bee crisis on here before, and it's good to see this film exploring it and exploring solutions. Attendees are encouraged to bring a camp chair or blanket. This is a family-friendly event. And for more information, you can visit eatsouthernillinois.org or email dana at eatsouthernillinois.org or call 618-319-0542. And last but certainly not least, we have a Fractivist Day of Action coming up. It is coming up on Monday, and it's happening at locations throughout Illinois. The Fractivist Day of Action is happening throughout the state of Illinois. Chicago, Springfield, Champaign, Normal, Decatur, Marion, Mount Vernon. You get the idea. Wherever you are, there's something going on. There's places even more than this that it's going on, too, I'm sure. This is a statewide day of action to demand renewable energy and to say no to fracking. There are solutions to our energy, our energy crisis, solutions that will not cause pollution. <laughs> and there's renewables that we can do instead of fracking. If you're in southern Illinois, the closest big event in Marion is at Representative John Bradley's office at 11 a.m. at 501 West DeYoung Street, number 5 in Marion. It's actually a little hard to find because it's, it's right by that address, but it's in this, there's not a public sign saying it's his office, I don't know if he's hiding out, doesn't want people to know where he's at. But uh, if you go near there, there's a, a sign that says, you know, gold that you can sell. And you'll see the other activists there, I'm sure. So, yes, it's people taking action against fracking and in favor of renewables. And I hope they think to mention the Solutions Project, because that's one of the biggest efforts I've seen to create renewable energy. The Solutions Project. It's a great plan to come up with 50 plans for 50 states to have clean, renewable energy by 2030, 100% clean. All right, this has once again been an exciting and informative episode of Your Community Spirit. I know I've had a good time. I hope you have, too. You can check us out at yourcommunityspirit.org to get the podcast, if you like. You can also go to wdbx.org for more about the station and how to become a member to help keep this on the air. So thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy this wonderful, this is almost like spring weather, really. It's it's not quite hot enough to be the usual Southern Illinois summer. So we hope you enjoy the good weather while it lasts, and we will see you here next week on the radio.